I want to ask you a question. What's your first blood? Hello and welcome to the First Blood Podcast, where we talk with horror creatives about their first horror movie experiences and how that shaped their lives and careers. I'm your host, Matt Rosenblatt. When I think horror, I think horror villains. I think Jason, I think Michael, I think Freddy, I think Leatherface. And that's really the golden age of the slasher realm and where horror villains really run wild and have personality. Then we moved into the 90s, we got Ghostface, obviously, and then some lesser known ones, some that don't quite get the rap as those other ones. We get more into the 2000s, 2010s, that kind of, I feel like that ran dry more, so we, we lost the, the voice of a villain. It became a little different, more paranormal or more demonic, you know, with found footage or, you know, just demon films. Um, but until recently, uh, and that brings our guest up, um, our guest this week is David Howard Thornton, obviously Art the Clown himself in Terrifier, and he really has taken the world by storm, in my opinion, or at least the horror community by storm, by really creating a new iconic villain so quickly, actually, so quickly. And this week we talk a little bit about that. We talk about his first horror movie experience, which is one of my favorite horror franchises, Scream 2. We talk about conventions and his first convention experiences and people he's met that have been fans of him that he didn't necessarily expect to be fans of him. Talk, you know, culture of horror. Talk about uh, horror fandom, horror communities. We talk uh, the idea of being iconic as a villain in the industry and in the the genre as a whole. Um, He's a very nice man, obviously, and he had a lot to say and a lot of cool things to say, so let's just get right into it with him. So yeah, like what what cons are you kind of got coming up? Ah, um, uh, let's see here. Uh, well, it's it's not really a con. Next week, I'm doing a haunted house down in North Carolina, so that's going to be fun. And then the next week, I do a Scarecon up in um, Rochester, and then I start filming. Okay, right on. Um, yeah. What uh, are you like going as a performer for the haunted house? Are you? No, I'm just sitting there signing autographs, meeting oh, fans okay. and stuff. Like that. So that should be fun. Yeah, that'd be. That sounds really cool. Um, yeah. And uh, you're you're filming a new movie as well. Um, yeah, Terrifier Two. Oh, okay, yeah. I was gonna ask if that's what it was because uh, <laughs> yeah. I I saw how much they made you guys made for the sequel, which is incredible. Yeah, yeah, that was incredible. We did not expect that at all. Yeah, it's really crazy how, like, intense it blew up, in my opinion. Like, I remember seeing some of the older, like, uh, renditions that had Art the Clown in them. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, like, All Hallows Eve was, like, a one that I had seen before Terrifier. And I remember, like, being on Netflix one day. And, oh, and um, sidebar, uh, I had interviewed Jenna Cannell last week. Um, Oh, Yeah, so she told me to tell you hello. Um, Yes! I get to see her in a few weeks anyway. Oh, awesome, awesome. Uh, So, yeah, and uh, so, like, I've kind of talked with her a little bit about this, but... um, but yeah, like um, it's it's crazy because I remember just coming across it and then watching it and just being like, that was really cool, and showing it to like all of my roommates and being like, you guys got to watch yeah. this, and um, and then it blew up like out of nowhere, like and yeah. the horror community <laughs> really took to it, and like um, it's crazy too because like I feel like art, your rendition of art in particularly, I feel like has basically become the new like in a way the new the new horror like icon like a new villain behind like preceding like jigsaw now because i mean i feel like horror has always like been identified by you know it's villains and like there's always been a villain and like the villain we were i felt like we were just like transitioning into whoever the next like iconic face of the genre was going to be and i feel like art is kind of like getting that mantle passed to it here's hoping yeah, I mean, it's really cool. It's, it's crazy because I, I feel like people are getting... Like, I've seen, like, on Instagram, like, people getting tattoos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's insane, especially since, you know, we're not one of these, like, mainstream Hollywood movies. You don't really see this happen very often with, like, an indie film. Yeah, it's it's fascinating to, like, see... I feel like that only really happens in the, this genre for the most part. Yeah. Um, 
so i mean it it's crazy to see how much like like i mean like something like a blair witch project or like a paranormal activity or like something like terrifier on that i mean i don't know what your budget was but i know it i all i know is that it was it was tight um so yeah I mean, very very low budget so i mean to very go like from that and like i, I the last time I saw you guys had like 700,000 on your crowdfund. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that'll be pretty exciting to see you guys get to go from like seeing what can be done with that tight of a budget and seeing like oh, what 700,000? Oh, no, I think we were like 200,000. That's where we, we cut oh, off. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I wish, I wish we were 700,000. That would be fantastic. That would, yeah. Well, 200,000 <laughs> still, I feel like, is a real big jump. So, I mean, um, it, it'll be cool to see like how what what ambitions can happen because i know from everything i've seen damien do like he's he's a smart guy and can really do a lot with a little oh he really can he really can yeah yeah i'm, I'm looking right now like the um <clears throat> the total is 2015 uh 200,015 wow that's crazy yeah that's that's you know our, our goal was uh 50,000 so that definitely surpassed our goal yeah well right on yeah i mean that's i i saw it like fill up so quickly too yeah so i i we beat our goal in less than three hours wow that's crazy well yeah we did not expect that at all not at all wow yeah i mean that's it really is a testament to the community as a whole because i mean that shows just how much everyone's into it and you know when you have the fans behind you it's like nothing's gonna stop you yeah so yeah it's 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 absolutely incredible and it's it's, that's what it is it's the fans they just went all out on it i mean i I was amazed because like some of our perks that were like you know a few thousand dollar perks and those were bought up just in a heartbeat i was like whoa i'm amazed that people have that kind of money they can just like here you go i mean i'm appreciative of it but i'm also amazed yeah it, no, it's crazy. I mean, it, just to see it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm really excited. I mean, I I feel like all of uh, ever since, I mean, I've only seen a couple of Damien's films, but from what I've seen from him in years ago to now, it's he's made a lot of progress and grown a lot, with especially with that character, because a lot of his films have been surrounded by that character. So yes. it's exciting to see the evolution of it, and I'm really excited to see, you know, like what you guys do together and like what you do you know bringing out more in that character and so it'll be it'll be fun to see for sure oh yeah the, this this next sequel is so ambitious too so it's we, we're pulling out a lot of stops for this so it's going to be very interesting to see what we do right <clears throat> on right on well welcome back everyone to the the, the first blood podcast um today i uh, obviously we got a really special guest um got Art, the clown himself, uh, David Howard Thornton. And David, I just want to say thank you, first of all, for taking the time to sit down with me and talk to me. Uh, it's a it's a real honor to like be talking to someone that's already like kind of known and recognized as an icon in, in the genre and you know, it's it's happening really quickly, so I'm excited to see like <laughs> what what roles, you know, aside from art can come out of this as well. Oh, I am too. Thank, thank you, thank you, thank you. Happy to be here as well. <laughs> I just apologize for the sound of my voice right now. I'm dealing with a cold for those of that are listening. So I'm just like, oh, this is fun. Yeah, <clears throat> it's funny because I feel like ever like I've recorded a few episodes now of some people, and I feel like two people have already like. I think you're the third person that's like had a cold or like is recovering from a cold. And so it's like, I'm like, whoa, interesting. What's going on here with the show? Like, what is it just like everybody has to have a cold to come on? I I guess so. It it gives everybody that nice husky sound to their voice. Yeah. We're doing like NPR voices and they're like, what's the secret? And I'm like, mucus. Yes. Lots of it. uh, Well, we're here to talk about one of, no, oh no, you're good. You're good. We, we do not apologize for bodily noises. It it just happens. Um, I'm I'm just starting my engine. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, well we're here talking about one of like a sequel to probably my favorite horror film ever. So it's, that's really exciting for me. Um, obviously it's scream two. Um, 
And I'm really curious to know, you know, like I know my experience of Scream 1 and how that shaped me. I'm really curious to, you know, like to kind of tell me about like whenever, whenever it was, whether you, I, I don't know how young you were when you saw it, but just yeah. kind of like, I'm curious to know just the story of like, what was the viewing experience like? Like what was the kind of the setting? What led up to it with context and like kind of that first initial reaction with it? Oh yeah. Well, see, I, I didn't grow up watching horror films because my mom was like the biggest chicken when it came to them. So we never watched them in my household, even though my dad would like sneak down and watch them in like late at night on like sci fi or something like that. But um, it, it was so you know I didn't really grow up watching Jason and Freddy and Mike Myers and Chucky. I mean I knew who they were, but you know I just didn't watch the movies at home. But it was a, it was my senior year of high school when Scream. Two came out, and I was doing a show, and a lot of my castmates were going out to go see Scream Two, and they're like, "David, why don't you come out with us?" And there was this girl in the cast that I kind of had a crush on at the time, so I was like, "Well, I, I have to go. I can't just chicken out and go like, oh no, no, guys, I'm sorry." So I, I went because this girl, and I, yeah, it was my first time ever seeing a horror film in a theater. And I did not know what to expect. And I, I was very nervous going. I was like, oh, God, I'm going to be so scared. And and I had so much fun. I I was I, I did not really get scared like everybody else was. I was having more fun watching how everybody else was reacting to it and, you know, laughing at everybody. And it was just a fun film. And, and I realized, oh, wow, I kind of like this genre. It's a lot of fun. I, I want to I want to do, do more of these. So, of course, I watched Scream 1 right afterwards I I had to like know what what else I was in for and I loved it and and I I thought I think like Scream is a really good way for um, for newbies to be uh, you know you know introduced to the genre because Scream kind of makes fun of the different tropes that you see in horror films and so it's a nice segue in yeah I I agree I mean I know for me I was uh, I would say I was about six or seven when i first saw scream it was just like kind of an accidental thing of like i was at a friend's house and like his family had the movie channels and scream came on and i was just like what is this like i this is like a new thing because my before that it's it's funny to be talking to you about this because before i saw scream my first like real introduction to horror was it when i was about a few like six months before this my sister was watching it and uh she was like hey you should come watch this with me and i was like what is it and she's like oh it's nothing like you'll really like it (laughs) and it ended up being it and i remember that sewer scene like really messing with me (laughs) and uh i think i slept with my parents for like a month so it's like (laughs) yeah and like then it's nice to see like myself have a really positive experience with the genre post like post that and so but it's it's cool because it's like in a way like people are talking about you as like you know you and like how you portrayed you know art as like the new like you're you're taking the reins from pennywise almost is what what people have at least that's what i've seen from like the community as a whole is i feel like a lot of people are saying you know like oh who's scarier at this point pennywise or art so i mean it's kind of kind of cool yeah Yeah. it's kind of it's kind of like back in the day who was scarier you know jason or freddy so i'll take it yeah i'm i'm curious to know because i mean obviously your your acting career started young i mean the passion was there since you were you know doing a play at the time this was going on and whenever you know you were in your acting um and kind of coming up and stuff were you always fascinated with the genre post then was that something that you're like man i really want to be a part of that um or was it still just like, you know, oh, I just want to act, like whatever comes my way type of mentality? Yeah, pretty much that. Because, I mean, I was trying to be realistic with myself because I, I look at myself in the mirror. I, I, as much as I would, you know, love those characters like Jason or Mike Myers, those, you know, most of the time, you know, like horror villains are huge, like muscle bound guys, you know, huge monsters of men. And I am not that. I'm tall, but I am skinny as a rail. Mm. <laughs> you, you have to like tie my legs and nuts uh, to make knees. So it's just like I, I was always like, well, you know, I'm never gonna be the horror the the horror villain. 
that you typically see. So I was like, oh, okay, well, I, yeah, I kind of resigned myself to that. So I was like, oh, it'll be fun to do those movies, but you know, I don't think I would ever do anything substantial in them. If I was ever in a horror film, I think I'd be like the the asshole or the the smart ass that gets killed off halfway through. So I was like, okay, we know. I'll just do whatever. That's that's always been my thing with acting. It's like I'm I'm just happy to act wherever. I, I typically do comedy though, mm. or like voiceover. So, but you know, this just fell in my lap. They were looking for a tall, skinny guy that had like clowning or physical comedy experience to play this character. I'm like, hell yes, okay, I think I can do this. Yeah, I'm. I well, if I read correctly. It, did you have a previous ex- experience like of doing mime uh, miming? No, no, I don't know where that started from. I, a lot of people have been saying that, and I'm like, no, I've never, I never went to school for miming or anything like that. I just, I have a love for physical comedy, and I mm-hmm. just grew up watching like the great physical comedians of old, like Chaplin and Keaton, Marx Brothers, you know, Rhoda Atkinson as Mr. Bean. Yeah, all it's, so I, I learned from watching them, and I. I, I would try to mimic them as much as I could. I mean, I did a lot of children's theater growing up, and children are more into the physical than the the verbal comedy. And so I was able to really hone my skills doing that kind of, you know, uh, comedy. And that's that's where I, I, I learned it all from. I just learned from watching my betters. And it, that's I, I, I'm like a human sponge when it comes to, like, things like that I, I i notice different things people do and i'm just constantly putting them up in my mental database for later use yeah it's interesting that you you mentioned some of the older guys because now that you're you're painting that picture for me i definitely can see the influences from guys that are you know so physically based in comedy like you know a buster keaton or like a chaplain so it's it's kind of cool to see those parallels now that you're 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 presenting that to me i it's really interesting how how like something like horror can like be inspired by like something some of the classic stuff still. Mm-hmm. Um, did you did you take anything from? I mean, since you know, Scream Two was really that formative experience for you. Did you <laughs> take anything from Ghostface? Oh God, um, I, I, I definitely using the gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, you know, because that's what people forget. They use guns in the screen movies, because you know, people are always like, oh, "How dare you use a gun?" They don't use guns and slashers. I'm like, "Yes, they do." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, it was, do. Yeah, I mean, like that. That to me was really like the oh shit moment of the the film for me, like, because it, it was it was really like you know up until then I was like, oh shit, like Jenna Cannell is gonna you know like really like prevail and like do something like it's going to be interesting and then like they just pull the rug out from under you and just go yeah. nah we're going to kill the main character halfway through yeah yeah but we knew we we're going to piss people off with that <laughs> yeah i mean I, I don't know if i was necessarily pissed but i was just kind of like whoa yep. anything we, can we happen now. surprise people yeah that's that's what we want to do is like make people like okay wow any no one is safe yeah no one's safe and I, in my opinion, it paid off because I think that's like a ballsy move that worked. Like, because mm-hmm. to me, like one of the big problems of horror is like I can spot like you know, oh, okay, I know who's gonna live, I know who's gonna yeah. die. It's either like who's the most famous in the movie, unless like there are certain instances, you know, like Scream, where they like take that you know expectation and go against it, and yeah. um, you know, you have like the tropes, obviously. But it was really cool to see like that have that feeling of like oh well anyone can die at this point because we thought she was the main character and i guess i mean we're we're going following someone else now yeah you never know what he's gonna do (laughs) did you pull at all from you know the previous renditions of art or did oh yeah okay oh yeah yeah i definitely did i'm like i had seen all hallows eve before i even auditioned for terrifier so i was already familiar with the character and i loved him already because i was like oh he's like an evil mr bean yeah so like i i want to play him that's that's why i jumped at the chance when i saw the head the auditions for it's like oh my god him oh yes i have to play him i could i could nail this so yeah i, I definitely looked at uh the original arts trail mike gianelli was the actor that played him originally and i i i looked at what he did and I took a lot of the, you know, the mannerisms he had and, you know, put them into, and just added my own funk to them. I, I guess you could say. Yeah. Cause I, 
I know with Mike, he, he really didn't have any like you know formal training in like clowning or physical comedies, and that was what I I think I feel I brought more to the character because I have that background in that. And, and with him being a clown, I and being a silent clown, that's what I really wanted to add more to the character. Yeah, was that 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 aspect, you know, the the, the clowning, the you know, the physical comedy, the little punchlines, the little you know, winks to the audience every time he has a kill or something like that. Those weren't originally necessarily written in the script; it was just something we added in the process. Yeah, I'm curious to know about the the infamous, you know, sawing from the uh, groin down, well, groin and up uh, <laughs> kill. Like, mm-hmm. when was that originally in the script from the beginning? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was in the script from the beginning. What um, well, I mean, like, what was kind of your initial thought with it? We were just like, wow, like that's gonna be something, you know? Yeah, yeah, that was exactly what I thought. I was like, holy crap! And I was at first like, I, I figured it was gonna be like most horror films where you know the kill starts happening and they cut away. Mm-hmm. So you, you you might see the aftermath, you might see the beginning of it, you might see the end of it, not the whole thing. And like, but I asked Damien, I was like, he's like, no, no, we're gonna show it all. I'm like, oh wow okay cool yeah it's it's nice to see i mean like well it's not nice to see it's refreshing to see at least in a horror movie context but i mean i remember watching that just going like oh fuck they're really going for it like yep y'all are like they're swinging and i and i don't get squeamish by movies at all but like the tone of the film is really like dirty and grimy like it it almost kind of reminded me of like if pieces were like shot in new york or something um, yes. And like that was kind of like how I viewed the aesthetic at least. Um, and it was like, it was just so like, there was already that establishment of like, oh, this is kind of like, it doesn't feel, you don't feel clean necessarily. And then that happens yeah. and it's like, ooh, I really like feel like I need to take a shower now or something. Like, yeah. So I mean, like, I remember watching that and I was just like, I was like, I don't know what's going to happen at this point. And then the selfie thing was just like, it was like a really dark comedic thing of like, wow, okay, like, <laughs> so, and and I to me like that stuff is like, well, like with the selfie, was that something that you and Damien like was it already like established in the script or was that something that you no, guys worked up no. to? That that's something I I came up with one day because I yeah, with comedy you always have to bring the joke full circle yeah and and that whole thing and when she did that in the the diner or the pizzeria scene i was like i I have to do something with this we just can't leave this as it is there's got to be some kind of reference to it later on and i was like and i was like damien why don't i just take a selfie with her dead body you know do like you know duck lips or something like that with it something i don't know He's like, that's that's a fun idea. I don't. He's like, I don't know if we'll have a chance to because we were very pressed on time. But he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, if we have a chance to do it, let's do it. And luckily, we did. And that, that, I think that gets one of the bigger laughs in the film. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah, because I mean, like on one end, it is funny, like an ironically funny thing, and then on the other hand, it's like, ooh, this guy is like super, like messed up, like very yeah. dangerous, and um, and I feel yeah, like. I, yeah, I, I like to think that he like posted that on her Instagram immediately yeah. too. Just like boom, everybody sees it. That would be like so messed up to see. Yeah, but like in in like the since it's fictitious, I mean obviously it's kind of funny, but I mean it's pretty messed up at the same time. And like that to me, that's like there's something that like I've always thought about in like the art v Pennywise like argument is like yeah, I mean Pennywise scared me as a kid, and like mm-hmm. but I mean like I was a kid. So, like, he doesn't really get me much anymore. But, like, to me, art, like, successfully, like, even in All Hallows' Eve, like, I was creeped out. But I feel like Terrify, I really brought it to, like, like as you, you know, you, you did brought the physical aspect of it. Um, and, like, the physicality of it and, like, just with your expressions, like, it was really just, like, pretty scary to look at. And I think that goes to a testament to you bringing that performance um, to, to where it was with, with Terrifier. But... Um, yeah i mean like it it to me it's just like i don't know like if i saw pennywise you know how he's dressed in like the 1990 version in an alleyway and then i saw like your version of art in an alleyway i'd be like i mean i don't want to go down either alleyway but like i guess i'll go down pennywise's alley if i have to <laughs> yeah yeah there's there's just especially art's face that that face is just so oof. it just does not look right no i mean and and like you and like with with how you're able to like contort your face to like such an expressive 
way <laughs> with some of those things like with this like with whether it be like the frown or like the smile or like just the way everything was done it was just there was something just off about it but like in the right way like in the way it was like meant to be done yeah well thank you thank you this is it's that I wanted to do a lot with the face, especially because, you know, since he doesn't speak or anything like that, I, I didn't want him to be your typical silent character where there's like no emotion or anything like that, you know, mm-hmm. where it's just a mask. I, I, I was very, very, um, you know, concerned that, you know, I, I want all my facial expressions to be able to read with that makeup. And luckily, the, the makeup we use is shows all the wrinkles and everything I have going on there. It looks like real skin, so it, it works really well because I wanted to show, have him show a range of emotions rather than just, you know, just one emotion like Mike Myers has, basically. So I'm, I'm glad I was able to have that opportunity because I, I, I like that idea that you can kind of see what's going on inside of his head, even though you don't hear him say anything. You know what he's thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, that, the subtext comes across pretty well, which is, I mean, like, I mean, like, obviously physical acting is something that's pretty hard to do, and, like, especially when you're trying to make a character that is expressive, because so many times, like, it's either, you know, the silent brooding character like a Jason or a Michael, or you have, you know, like, on the opposite end of the spectrum, there's someone that's, like, very um, expressive, energetic, and, like, has personality to them, like a Freddy, but, and then or yeah. Pennywise, but they're able to talk. Exactly. So I mean, like in a way, like I put you in like the category of like the creeper from Jeepers Creepers, almost. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just like, cause like, I mean, there's still like, yeah, I mean, like, there's similarities to a certain extent, but I mean, like, y'all are still different, like, very much so in different ways. But um, it's interesting because I feel like there's a lot of mysticism behind art, and I feel like as the films have progressed, there's kind of been going away from the mysticism, but then at the end. It, it goes back to like this mystical element and like yeah i mean like i i don't want to like put you on the spot because like i don't know if like you are necessarily like have been given that answer or like um it's something that's a secret but like what i mean like i guess what is your interpretation of you know him um in that like context well well there definitely is like a supernatural element to him you, you do see that at the end of terrifier one you know that that's definitely for sure you know there's something going on outside of the normal realm of you know <laughs> you know <laughs> human experiences i guess you could say you know, the guy shoots his brains out and he comes up back from the dead so <laughs> so yeah there's definitely something going on there and we're definitely uh tapping more into that in in the sequel that's about all i can really say <laughs> yeah um i mean taking it back to like scream um what was your experiences like with the sequels because i mean at that point you were you you had the opportunity aside from like the first one to see all of them in theaters um yes so i mean like i'm curious because i know getting to see scream 4 in theaters for me was like a really big deal because that was the only one i ever got to see uh when it came oh, out yeah, in its yeah. theatrical run but um i'm curious to know like you know what those experiences were like because i mean like obviously like they're same but they're same in a way but like they're still like different narratives at the same time too oh yeah i I think scream 3 was a lot of fun for me to see in the theaters too i was a lot more relaxed going into that when i saw that while i was in college and i went with my uh, roommate slash friend at the time and the girl he was dating and she was sitting in between the two of us and I, i like to pull pranks on people so at one point in the movie, I had like uh, removed my arm from my sleeve, and I left the sleeve draped over my chair, so it looked like my arm was still just resting on the the arm of the chair. And so she goes to grab my arm at one part in the film and comes up with this empty sleeve, and she starts freaking out. <laughs> yeah, that would freak me out pretty hard. Oh honestly. yeah. Oh, I had so much fun with that. I, you know, I was I was having fun trying to scare her during the film and scare my buddy. So it was it, it was fun. I don't think I saw Scream 4 in the theater. I, I think I saw that one, though. It just came out on DVD, and I rented it. Yeah, I remember Scream 4 for me was a very, um, a very like, just, I don't know. I, I remember getting taken out of school to see it. I think I was a, see that, what, that came out in 2011. So I guess I was, like, I was ever a sophomore or a freshman in high school at the time. So, I mean, uh, it was just, like, really tr- 
cool experience to like see it in theaters. I think no one was in the theater with us. It was just me and my sister. Um, oh, fun! So that was pretty cool. But um, but those movies are also fun to see with a big crowd too. So you get I all agree. the reactions and stuff like that. I feel like I haven't had like that. Going into Scream 2, obviously, like, you have that infamous, like, opening scene. And growing yeah. up, like, I always wanted a movie experience that was that rowdy. Like, that that much hype around, like, a film. And I don't yeah. feel like I've had that. I mean, granted, obviously, it's, like, very overdramatized. But, I mean, it's, like, that really painted a picture for me at a young age of, like, I want an experience like that. Yeah. Oh, Just, that, that was something else. That That's... <laughs> And that, that's kind of how it felt being in the movie theater watching Scream 2, too. Ever, that, that audience was just as energetic as the audience on screen, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I feel like the... I don't know. The, the biggest experiences I feel like I've had with a horror film are like... Would be like a Conjuring 2. Like, that was a pretty intense crowd... Or like Get Out was like a really a really responsive crowd for me. Like oh, those yeah. those two were like pretty responsive. But I don't feel like and there's none not ever that I can really think of. I mean, obviously I've had yeah. like really good experiences like with non horror films like any of the Marvel stuff. But oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I think my my favorite experience I ever had at a movie was uh, when I was up in Detroit, Michigan when Django Unchained came out because I was up there in Detroit for two weeks on tour with uh, when I was with the Grinch and it was like about five or six of us in the cast were like, well, we have nothing to do today. It was snowing. So like, hey, let's go to the GM building there in Detroit and go see uh, Django. And it was it, it, it's kind of funny because like we were the only white people in that audience and knowing the nature of the film there was a little bit of an uneasiness between us and the rest of the audience going into it because it's like oh we don't necessarily belong here this is like everyone's kind of like what are these people doing here and so there's like this like uneasiness at the start of the film and then it gets to like the clan scene if you've seen the film yeah yeah and we're laughing so hard at that scene and I, I think it's like that that point everybody in the audience is like okay these guys are cool okay everything's cool okay we're all having and after that like everybody we it was like the the audience we were like you know shouting stuff up at the screen and just like just hooping and hollering it was, it, it was probably like the, I think the audience experience was just as entertaining as the movie was and it, it, that was that was just a great experience. It was even afterwards, like these people were just coming up to us and like, "Wow, <laughs> we didn't know what to expect with you, you guys being in here." You know, it's like it's like like yeah, this was just a fun film. It's like <laughs> it's like it, that, that was probably one of my favorite experiences I've ever had at at, at a at, at a movie before because it, it really showed how you know so people from all over can really just come together and enjoy something like that together and that's what I really took away from it. it's like yeah it doesn't matter where you're from or you know what race you are what religion what sex whatever it's like there there are things that you know, like bring people together like that and I think that that's the power of film to me I, that's why I love about movies and stuff like that it's like it really helps bring people together in that kind of way and i think horror films really do that in a lot of ways yeah i i very much agree i i was gonna say i definitely feel like the genre the horror genre is a very like the best example of doing that yeah. um i agree i totally agree because i mean like i go to conventions like um texas frightmare or something and mm-hmm. like they the the vast array of people there it's so i mean it's great it's great to see and like everyone's just such a welcoming community because everybody's just like oh yeah no i'm like a freak that loves these movies so it's like you you see all types you see all types of people at horror conventions it's just like it's so welcoming that's what i love about it they no one cares who you are like you know like they don't care what your religion is what your sex is what your race is etc is they all like everybody comes together because they love something yeah like that i guess the only like time it gets heated is like all right who's the best killer like who's the best yeah, villain yeah. 
that's the only time people are like, all right, this is when we really need to throw down. But oh yeah, oh you see that among you know comic book geeks too. You know, oh, who's yeah. better, Batman or Superman? You know, it's just like yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's it's just a great thing to see because I I and it's it's really a cool thing because I mean, I feel like at least in the context of like because I mean I go to I go to Texas Frightmare every year. Mm-hmm. At least I I've, I've been three years now, um, and every time it's just gotten progressively bigger, and it's really cool to see you know fans have that opportunity like to you know meet obviously as influential people of the genre but it's it's also so cool to like see people that you know had whether it be a small role or like you know they necessarily didn't have success afterwards like have that outlet to go to still to like keep the relevancy so I mean I I agree I agree I mean I see some people at these conventions that have been doing these conventions for like 20, 30 years. And it's because the fans and that the fans keep coming to see them too. That's the thing. It's like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's that love of the genre there. It just, it transcends time. Yeah. It, and it's really cool to see. I mean, cause it's very much a, like you're in it or you're not type of thing. Yeah. Like, I mean, there's some casual fans, but I mean like, in in far as that community goes, like it's either very much like you're in it or like nah, you're not, you're not in it. So yeah. it's yeah, I mean it's cool to see. Like I've always kind of just called like conventions like Christmas for like horror fans. I mean, it's just like such a great experience for however many days it lasts. And oh yeah, I don't know. Oh I mean, yeah, it's it's so much fun because you know I've done I've done like you know some of the comic book like fan conventions as well but i i think i usually have more fun at these horror conventions there's this like there's a greater camaraderie at them especially you know they have after parties usually and those are always fun and it's a, it's a great way just to you know I, I like to go to those parties and just hang out with the, the fans and interact and just chill out with them it's, it's great i love yeah. it i'm curious to know like i mean going further into convention scene like what was um that first experience like you know post like uh terrifier really blowing up and people really like taking uh you know getting that that more of that like vast majority like popularity around that art character and your rendition of art like what was that like and you know meeting people and just really like the first experience at a convention like that Oh, that that was interesting because like we did our first convention last I mean uh, July of um, 2018 so it was before we released on Netflix so we were kind of underground at the time it was like more word of mouth that you know people had heard about us because you know we're on like Amazon Prime and you know like DVD and Blu-ray and stuff like that but we still had not released on Netflix so we weren't really in the the the, the, you know, the greater subconscious of you know, the you know mainstream pop culture at the time and so we went to our first convention and it was interesting because like some people are like oh I love the film you know I've seen them like oh wow you have that but a lot of other people like I have no idea what this is but I would love to you know so I always had to explain the film to people and and even other celebrities that we met there they're like oh okay this that's cool that's cool okay yeah 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 and then Netflix happened in September of last year and I went to my first convention after that uh, there Days of the Dead in Chicago oh actually I had done like one or two in October too and it's like it was the difference was astounding like so many people like oh my god I just saw you on Netflix this is fantastic you know even even like the celebrities that were kind of like oh they're like oh wow I finally saw it. this is fantastic I, I, I want to you know I want to get your autograph for my kids and stuff. It was like, whoa, this is this is insane. Who's um who's like the uh, most like surprising celebrity you've had ask for your autograph? Oh, that that would have to be Chris Jericho. Really? Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was pretty nuts. That 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 was. I wouldn't say he necessarily asked for my autograph, but he he wanted me to be on his podcast, and it was when I was there at uh, Days of the Dead in Atlanta. And I'm sitting there signing autographs. I got a line of people, and I, 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 I just, I, I sensed it. I didn't see it necessarily because I was focused on the autograph. But I felt someone just like basically just cut line in front of all these people, and I hear, "Hey, hey, David, hey, David." I'm like, I look up, and it, 
is Chris. And I'm like, I was I was about ready to get after someone for breaking in line. <laughs> oh yeah. And he's like, hey, uh, hey, I just got here. Um, I, I want to know, you want to be on my podcast tonight? I'm like, uh, yeah. He's <laughs> like, awesome. I love the film. I, I'm so excited to meet you. Uh, I want to talk to you and blah, blah, blah. I'm so like, here, here, here's my room number and stuff. I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, wow. And even all the people in line are like, did that just happen? I'm like, yeah, that just happened. Holy crap. <laughs> were, you, were you a fan of wrestling, you know, growing oh, up or still to yeah, this day? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't watch it nearly as much as I did back in the day, but like back when I was in college, especially back in like 98, 99, 2000 time, like my roommate in college and I, we would watch, you know, Raw every Monday night and stuff like that. So that yeah. was, that was pretty, that was pretty cool. Cause like that night I went up there to do the podcast. I, I knock on the door. He's like, Hey, sorry, we're running a little late, but come on in and see and DDP doing a potty, uh, podcast together. I'm like, Holy crap. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah, and then like recently at a at a convention, Mick Foley. Uh, I I met Mick a few times earlier this year, but this time I think he he came over to me. He's like, David, I, I got a big favor to ask you. Um, my son's a huge fan. Can I get your autograph? I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> of course, man. He's like, how much you owe you? I'm like, nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is for you, man. I'm a huge fan of yours, so. <laughs> It's nuts, and like, or you know, Kane Hodder being a fan is pretty cool. You know, Felissa Rose, all these, you know, like people I grew up, you know, like watched in films and stuff like that. That's what's insane, knowing that they've seen us too. It's like that's that's cool. Like Bill Mosley tweeted about us, saying, you know, go if you want to watch a really good bloody film, go watch Terrifier. And I'm like, ah, we got Bill Mosley's seal of approval. Yeah. I mean, is, is there any other people that you, like, have met, like, in the terms of the, like, I mean, you mentioned, you know, Bill Mosley and Kane Hodder, and they played very obviously, like, iconic roles on the villain mm-hmm. side of the genre. Is there anybody else that you've met um, that you kind of looked up to? Oh, yeah, yeah. I would say the two, I'll name three of them. Um, one of them was Frank Welker. I, I briefly got to speak to him at Fanboy down in Knoxville because, you know, I do voiceover work and I do a lot of creature sounds and he's like the king of creature sounds. So he was like a big influence on me growing up. I mean, he does so many voices. I mean, he's everyone from Fred on Scooby-Doo to uh, Abu and Aladdin. I mean, he's done so much. So that was awesome. Um, another one which was cool was when I was down in Orlando. I'm getting my makeup done for uh, the photo op, and my manager comes in the room and says, "Hey, David, I got someone here that wants to meet you." And and I'm like, "Oh, cool! Send whoever it is in." And all of a sudden, I just I have my eyes closed because Damon's doing the makeup on my eyes, and I hear this, "Oh, wow!" And open my eyes, and Damon lets out this sudden sound that I've never heard come out of him. Like this, ah. and it, it was Christopher Lloyd. Oh wow, yeah. And this is like, oh my gosh! And one of our friends was there taking photographs, so he captured this great photo of us, like this genuine expression of just happiness on all three of our faces at the time. And it was just like that was amazing meeting Christopher Lloyd. Such a sweet man. Such a sweet man. But I would say probably the, the the coolest one for me was someone that's been a huge influence on me as well, especially with yeah, as a physical actor. And it was Doug Jones when oh, I was down. Oh yeah. Oh, I was in, at at um, uh, Mad Monster Party in uh, uh, down in Charlotte this year, and and I had because uh, you know you know Jenna Canal did the Bye Bye Man with him, and I've been a fan of. Dugs for years. I mean, years, decades. Because I, you know, I always kind of looked at him for inspiration. With all, you know, he's a tall, skinny guy that's like turned that into a career. And I was like, I, I want to do what he does. And so I, I had, since he had been in Bye Bye Man, I had sent him a message on Instagram, like, Hey, I, I'm a huge fan of yours. You know, we both work with Jenna Canell. Blah 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 blah. I, I see we're going to be at a convention together, so I'd love to. You know, meet you. He's like, "Oh yes, I can't wait to meet you as well, David." Huggles will be had. I'm like, "Oh, Huggles, okay, what?" Because <laughs> Huggles, oh, fun. And so I didn't really expect much. And I was like, "I fear it's going to be your typical, oh, very nice to meet you type of thing." And so I had a break, and I went over to where his table was, and I was staying aside because he had a line of people. And I mean, he's Doug Jones, of course, he's got a line of people. 
And I, I'm like, I didn't want to break in line or anything like that. And so I was like, I'll, I'll see if he's, you know, if I can get his attention or something like that. And all, he just all of a sudden looks up and sees me, jumps up from the table and runs over to me and just wraps me in a big hug and just starts like, oh, my God, David. And he starts like pinching my cheeks and rubbing my head and like, oh, how are you doing? I'm so happy to see you finally and meet you. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is really happening. <laughs> And he's like, well, we'll have to talk later. And so there was a VIP party that night, and he, he showed up. And I was doing an interview at the time. Damien sends me a text like, David, get your butt here right now. Doug's here. And I'm like, oh, oh, okay. And I get there, and, and Doug just pulls me aside, and we just sit down and have like a, a nice long chat for about an hour or so just to get to know each other. And it was that was just special. And it was like I was besides myself. This is, yeah, I mean, that'd be really – I'm sure it'd be crazy to like, I don't know. I can't, I can't imagine like meeting, you know, like the, the guy, like that's like a huge influence or like, like, I don't know. I mean, like for me, like I was really bummed. Like, I mean, going, going full circle to scream. Like I was so bummed when, you know, Craven passed away. Cause like for yes. me, you know, like, I mean, I teeter between you know, him and Carpenter, but like, you know, he, he is like very much, very, very responsible for me wanting to be in the genre. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, like, he's just, outside of filmmaking, like, he's just such a good dude is what it seemed like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just, that's what it, Doug's just wonderful. He is, like, what every human being should aspire to be. He's just, like, just a a, a big, huge, you know, tall man of just full of love. He's just like, ah, I wish I could be like Doug in that regard. He's he's just wonderful. It's always scary because, you know what they say, you know, don't meet your heroes. And I was like, oh boy, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I'm, 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 he lived up to all my expectations, and it's it's really cool to be able to basically consider him a friend now. I'm like, this is great. He's just yeah. a great person. I'll also say that another person that was, you know, kind of had an impact on me too that I met this year with, I would say, was Sid Haig as well. Oh yeah, yeah, because um, there's we down there at that same convention with Doug. Uh, for the photo op, um, Sid and I were having our makeup done at the same time, and we did it in the same room together. So you know that was a big, you know, much to do with people. It's like, oh wow, these two clowns are getting their makeup done together. So it, it was fun. He's like, he of course he finished first, so he was like, beat you, kid. And on his way out, he's like, you know, see you under the big top. And you know, we we had chatted some you know, later on and stuff like that, and we. Had, at other conventions and chatted more and it, like uh my last one i saw him at was at days of the dead there in uh indianapolis this past july during the july 4th weekend he celebrated his 80th birthday there and, it, and they they had a, a rob zombie pinball machine that there there's a a group that had a bunch of pinball machines there and so there's they won they had a competition going on between all of us. So they had like Bill Mosley and Sid and I. They're like who who got the highest score and I I, I beat him. You know, it was so funny because like Sid's because Sid's table is right next to the pinball machine. He's kind of like he's just taunting me while I'm playing. <laughs> and then like Sid, he, he just beat your score. He's like son of a bitch, <laughs> son of a bitch. Yeah, I mean it's it's a real shame about him. Like I mean, oh yeah. I I mean I never had the pleasure of meeting him but I think he has one of the most iconic openings to a film ever. Oh my gosh, yes. I The House of a Thousand Corpses opening like I love that introduction to a character so much and and like the more like I've heard and like found out about Sid and like his story like it's so amazing and like I think that's something to go back to like what you were saying about like don't meet your hero like <laughs> I feel like in the genre, like this genre, like so many people like are so kind to, you know, the next generations yes. that come in and like, cause it really is just, it's like, it doesn't feel like a like competitiveness edge to it. It's no, just like, not hey, at all. it's like you're part of the community, like, you know, come on in. So it's, it's really cool to see that. I mean, like I, you know, like speaking from experience, like I got to meet Darren Lynn Bowsman. And, like, that was one of the coolest experiences ever to, like, sit and talk to him. And, like, he took actually, like, took time out of his, like, his t- life to, like, kind of talk to me for, like, 20 minutes. And I was like, wow, wow this is insane. Like, 
So, I mean, well, that, yeah. That's, that's kind of how, like, all these horror guys are. It's just, like, it's such a welcoming community, even among the celebrities. It's, like, because that, that's one thing I was so nervous about. You know, it's, like, I'm the new kid on the block, and I'm, like, oh, these these are legends. And I'm, like, oh, they're going to be, like, oh, well, here's this new guy thinks he's hot shit and blah, 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 blah. And uh, it was the very opposite. They're, like, oh, welcome. You know, like, love the, you know, they're all just, like, this is great films. Congratulations on success, and it's all very welcoming. It's really funny that, like, you know, all these guys that you've seen play these horrible characters on screen are just the nicest guys in real life. I, I every single one of them I've met, I just, I, I just adore all of them. They're just great, great guys, and and women too. They, you know, you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, to me, it's wild because, like, I, it's like the the, the genre gets such a weird rap. I mean, mm-hmm. like, because it's like, if you're not a part of it, and, and this is something I feel like I've talked with a lot of people about, it's like, if you're, if you're not, if you're an outsider from the genre, like, you, you inherently, like, feel like it's so, like, bad. Like, like, you yeah. feel like it's bad for, like, culture or whatever. But I'm like, do you not realize that, like, the community as a whole, like, is so nice, like, so welcoming, yeah. like, more welcoming than, like, you ever thought, like, you were, you know? Oh yeah, very much so. It's 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 it's, it's fantastic. I love it. I, I absolutely love it. And that's that's the thing. It's like it, like I've been at these other conventions and that are not horror conventions necessarily. I'm, they'll have some of us horror actors there, but they're you know they're more like fanboy conventions and comic book conventions. And at the after parties and stuff like that, the, the other celebrities usually don't show up. But like at the these horror conventions, you you. Like you know, people like Felissa and Kane Hodder and all them, they show up. They show up at the parties. They're 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 interacting with the fans. They're taking the time to you know show their appreciation, like that, and get to know their fans. And I think that's something to be said. I definitely agree. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like every experience I've had with meeting someone at a convention has been really positive. Um, I mean, like, we talked about Jeepers Creepers a little bit. I, I got to meet Jonathan Breck, actually, back in May. Oh, fun. Um, and he was just such a delightful man. I mean, like, I don't know. I always feel weird walking up to people um, to, like, talk to him because it's like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to say. Oh, I know. I'm saying I'm, I'm still that way. Yeah, I mean, like, because, like, part <laughs> of me is, like, because with Darren, I was like, I really need to ask him something that's going to make him want to talk to me a little bit longer. So I, like, thought of something just really, like, specific to him that would maybe get him talking of like um and then like i remember my first convention experience with frightmare i met malcolm mcdowell oh um, wow and like i knew nothing about frightmare um i didn't even know it existed or anything like that and my friends went and they were like hey do you want to come with us and i was like yeah and like i walk into the door like the main one of the main halls and like i'm just like looking at some suspiria shirts and then like i turn to my left and like the next thing you know like Dario Gento's like three feet away from me signing autographs <laughs> and I was like what the hell like what is happening and then like I turn around and it was like uh, Malcolm McDowell like 20 yards out and I'm like this is the weirdest triangle of horror I've ever been oh, a part of it's so cool it's so cool I love it I yeah. absolutely love it but I remember just being like scared shitless to meet Malcolm because like Kubrick was like the guy for me like in a film context so like I was just like mm-hmm. oh shoot you worked with him I was just like what was he like and I was just like yeah. panicked and like he, and he was nice and just like it was so quick but like yeah I don't know I mean like especially with Jonathan too like I didn't know what to do so I was just like how's your day like I didn't I really had nothing to say so I just like asked yeah. him you know I just wanted to like meet him and like get an autograph from him and like um, mm-hmm. so I was like super cool but I was just like I was like, well, I guess I'll be polite and just ask how his day is going. Yeah, it, it is. It's like I, I, I even have those moments still where I'm just like, I, I, I want to say something to some of these people, but I'm, I'm so apprehensive. I'm like, I, I have been at like two or three conventions with Bruce Campbell, and I've had opportunities to really talk to him, and I've just been like, ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I, I can tell he's more in like business mode at the time, and he's got his people with him and stuff like that. But I'm like, part of me is like, I really would love to sit down and have a chat with him. But the other side of me is like, oh god, what what am I gonna say? What yeah. am how how do I break the ice? And you know, it's just like it's there's some people that are just like you they you get a little bit tongue tied around. You're like ah da da da. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I had that same experience with Paul Rubens when I met him in a Fanboy. I was like, oh, uh, yeah. Like, cause his manager's like, hey, you want to meet Pee Wee? I'm like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I would love to. And he was having his lunch, so I didn't really want to bother him because I know he's wanting to eat his lunch. So I was like, I'm just a big fan. Just wanted to say hi real quick and keep kicking ass, man. You know, <laughs> like, he's like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And I'm like, I, I wanted to say so much more, but I'm just like, die, die, die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's really daunting because it's like, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, they're people too, but it's like, at the same time, like, you know, oh, I feel like I'm about to sneeze. I'm trying not to do Oh, that. isn't that fun? <laughs> I know. It's like my least favorite. I'm just like, it's coming. I know it is. Oh, it's so miserable. Oh, God. Okay. No, I think I'm fine. Just do it. If you got to sneeze, you got to sneeze. <laughs> yeah, I understand I, completely. It, it went away, I think, but who knows? I could come back in like 30 seconds. So. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, no. For real. <laughs> um, no, like, I'm trying to remember where I was going now. Um. We're talking about meme celebrities and stuff like that, where it's just like you get apprehensive and oh, tongue yeah. tied. And- yeah, so like, um, no, like, media, like, they, because I mean, they're people too, but it's like, at the same time, it's like they have that happen so often to them. And like, yeah. it's like you really just don't want to be rude. Like, that's my biggest thing is like, yeah. Um, I remember at Frightmare, like, uh, James A. Janice was there. I don't know if you're familiar with him, uh, the guy who does like Dead Meat. Uh, it's like a YouTube oh, okay. channel. Okay. Um, and like yes. he he was there just like as like a fan just to go and I was like man like if I see him like I really want to go talk to him but like and he walked past me and I like freaked out from him because I was like oh wow like I've been watching this dude's stuff for like a year and like yeah. to see him in person and I'm like ah, but I'm like I I don't really want to bug him like he's with his girlfriend like I don't want to yeah I don't want to do that like I I don't want to like be rude yeah. Um, so it's funny like you, you remind me of something that happened recently too is the kind of similar situation where you, you like I, I i don't want to do this i i'm, I'm like I, I don't want to bother you but i am a fan and stuff like that is when i was there at uh, um it was hanging out in the vip room at uh, uh uh which one was this i'm trying to remember oh god <laughs> i think of Scarefest uh, down in kentucky and um uh, uh, Steve Gonzalez from um, Ghost Hunters was there and I used to watch Ghost Hunters all the time and we're in the VIP room he comes in he's talking to some people and I'm just like I, I want to say something okay I'll, I'll say hey Steve I just want to say hi yeah I'm a big fan he's like oh David hi I'm like oh wow you know who I'm like yes yeah, so I, I was actually wanting to say hi to you too i'm a, i'm a fan of yours too i'm like oh we're really the funny thing was both of us were trying to get the nerve up to say hi to each other yeah which was funny i was like oh wow and then we ended up like i ended up hanging out with him and dave a lot that weekend it was fun dave tango i was like this is awesome but it was it's it's funny how that is like you know you never know what's going on with the other person as well they, they might just be as apprehensive to meet you as well it's it's funny how that goes yeah it's it's funny that you bring up ghost hunters because whenever (laughs) i talked to jenna we had a whole conversation about ghost adventures Um, oh yeah so it's just like really funny how like the ghost shows keep getting brought up somehow in these things but they're fun fun oh yeah for real like they're I mean, like, I don't really watch them anymore, but, like, when I was in high school and college, like, they were such a guilty, oh, not even a guilty yeah. pleasure. I liked them. I was like, I don't care if people know, like, and I even got my mom to watch them, and, like, that was fascinating, because mm-hmm. she was just like, I don't like the second half where they do, the, like, the investigating, but I like the information about the place. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I had that going for me, at least. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I know you brought up Scooby-Doo a little bit ago uh talking about mm-hmm. fred welch have you seen uh, Fred Welcher, yes oh shoot i totally botched that don't worry um, about it <laughs> um and um they uh have you seen the the art like the comic book art things where like they're like taking the gang from scooby-doo and like um imposing them in with like iconic horror villains oh yes that's uh my my friend steve mcginnis he's a, a canadian artist he's the one that does those and i actually take a copy of that with me to uh conventions because it's my fa- one of my favorite things of fan art that anybody saw because i'm a huge cartoon fan i yeah. love cartoons especially scooby-doo so when i saw that i contacted was like can i please take this with me to conventions he's like oh yes please 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 so i'm always telling people yes check out steve's work he's a fantastic artist i 
I keep on wanting him to get down here to the U.S. and go to conventions too, because I think he would do well. But you know, he's worried about you know having to get all that stuff through customs and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Are you are you going to bring it to Frightmare, those prints? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant! I'm definitely yeah, going to. I always, cop I always one. have that that print with me. Yeah. <laughs> that's just too cool. Like it's too cool of a thing to like. Like that's I love that stuff. Like it's just so. Oh yeah, me too. Uh, the uh, one of my other favorite ones he does is the the one with the uh, where Jason has uh, Freddy. Oh no, Fred. <laughs> machete to the wall Fred mm-hmm. from Scooby-Doo so it's like Jason versus Freddy but a different version of it and yeah. I, I think that's just brilliant yeah I, I mean yeah it's like it, it's fan, it's so cool to see like all the different renditions of it like you know because like art's got one and like it, it, how is it to like you know be in that company of like all those other iconic villains that have these you know comic strips because I mean like you got your Jasons and your Freddies and your Ghostface mm-hmm. and your Michaels and then it's like you know you you're up in there and like you know it's still fresh but i mean like it's cool to see like how how uh, like welcoming and like how much like your character has been embraced by the community yeah it's it's been so flattering especially since it happened so quickly it's like there was like one thing someone made a a fan art of it's called the murderverse or something like that it was a a spoof of the uh, avengers endgame and they had my character, my uh, art on uh, Black Widow's body on there. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. But they had all these different horror icons as the different members of the Avengers on that poster. And I'm like, wow, to be included with that, that was, that was something else. Yeah. Well, my last question for you is, it co- taking it full circle back to Scream, is... Mm-hmm. You know, you you obviously I can I can see the influence, like how it's come full circle to this point, and uh, you know I still feel like you have a very exciting future ahead of you with with how much you've made an impact with with art, and I'm I am very excited to see what happens next and like what more is done with art and like what whatever roles get thrown your way, um, mm-hmm. but um, it like when you originally saw it. And, like, you're thinking to yourself, oh, I like this movie. Like, this is so much fun. Did you ever, like, conceive of the idea, you know, looking back on it now and, like, how crazy it is that, like, you've taken over in that generational idea of, like, oh, man, I watched this infamous killer, like, Ghostface in films. And it's like, ah, you know, I want to act and, like, be an actor for a living. And that's what I want to do is, you know, showcase emotions and stuff. And and then Mm -hmm. end up being, you know, this, this new generation's iconic villain. Yeah, I, it, I, that thought never really crossed my mind back then. If someone told me that this is where I would be right now in my life, I would tell them to get out. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, especially then, I, I, I was actually more fo- I was as much as I loved doing theater back then. I was, I had already been, you know, uh, I, I thought I had my career path already like mapped out for myself because I was trying to be pragmatic, and I, I decided to go into teaching. And so I had already been accepted my college the, that previous summer. So I was like, oh, I'm going to go be a teacher. So that wasn't on my mind. It's like I would ever be an iconic horror character one day. So that's that that's that's pretty pretty cool. I'm like, I kind of you know wish I could go back in time and just like tell myself, especially when I was being bullied in middle school. It's like, dude, dude, don't worry about this shit. <laughs> it's like. This is you got a cool future ahead of you. You're going to be doing some cool stuff. Yeah, and I feel like that happens so much with the community. Like, as a kid, like you know, the the guys that end up working in the horror industry. Like, I feel like they're the ones that are often like teased or made fun of or like, oh, they're weird, you know. And then it's like, nah, we ended up doing some cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 funny how that goes. I know uh, Kane Hodder has a whole background with being bullied growing up as well. So. It's, it's really interesting how that goes, and I'm, I'm pretty sure there were probably some other ones out there that you know, when they were growing up, were bullied as well. It's, it's funny how that you make that transition. <laughs> yeah. Well, David, I you know want to say thank you so much for coming on. It, it was a real, real pleasure. Um, before we head out, um, mm-hmm. you know, do you want to tell the people you know what you got coming up? I know we talked about you know you, you're about to go into filming terrifier 2 um you know is there anything else that you you're working on that you want to you know maybe just plug for yourself 
Yeah, I'm. I'm still like. Um, well, first of all, I'm doing some conventions coming up. I'm. Well, one that's coming up this year is going to be. Um, what's it called? It is uh, going to be. Drawing a total blank all of a sudden. <laughs> I blame the decongestants. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> it is. Uh, I'm going to be at Scarecon up in Rochester uh, around the 20th of October. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm going to be doing that. And then I start filming Terrifier 2 right afterwards. Like, literally, like the week afterwards. So that's going to be fun. And then um, next year, I'm going to start doing some more conventions. And I might be filming. Uh, another, hopefully, what's going to become a horror franchise is called Stream. I, I wish I could say more about it, but I can't right now. But mm. so yeah, that's coming up as well. Well, right on. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. I mean, like I'm really excited for Terrifier 2. I mean, like I love the first one. I love All Hallows Eve. So I mean, like I'm really excited to see what you guys can cook up. You know what? How ambitious it's going to get, and you know what? What? How much you can up the kills and everything. With, so I'm I'm definitely looking forward to that, and I'm just really excited to see you know, you know what what you can do because I feel like that whole group from that whole group from Terrifier like I'm really just excited to see what's next mm-hmm. for everyone because there are so many talented people involved in that that I'm like wow there's really something to all of them that is really unique so I'm I'm really excited to see what comes out of it for all of y'all. Yeah. Well, thank you, thank you. I'm excited to see where it all goes. <laughs> well. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time to come come talk with me for however long it's been. I'd say my guess is like an hour at this point. Um, you know, I I'm really excited to have the chance to meet you in May. Um, whenever yes. you come down for Dallas, I'm definitely gonna swing by your line because I'm like this will be kind of the first time that like I roll up to a line where it's like there's already like some form of talk like communication being had. So it's gonna be like mm-hmm. I'm gonna feel like. Oh yeah, I've talked to David before, so it'll yeah, be like it'll pretty be fun. No big deal. So it'll be it'll be pretty cool to do that. Um, oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Well, um, you know that that's our show, and uh, you've been listening to the to the First Blood podcast. Thank you so much. Uh, well, thank you so much, David. Once again, I know I said it a bunch of times on the air, but like off the air, like it really means a lot. Like. Oh, no problem messaging man. people like out of the blue like i never know who's gonna say yes who's gonna say no so like whenever you were like oh yeah i'd be down i was like whoa like okay right on like i didn't i didn't know what to expect i i was like i just assume there people are ever gonna not look at it or like read it and be like ah eh, whatever so um <laughs> so like it, it, it's really cool and like i feel like it'll really be it was a really cool conversation and a cool episode and i feel like it'll be a fun thing to put out and i feel like people will really you know, enjoy it. So, you know, thank you for that. Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, um, you know, uh, I won't take up too much more of your time here. So, uh, you know, I have a good rest of your night. So, and I'll see you in May, I guess. Yeah. See you in May. You take care, man. Yeah, you too. <laughs> <laughs>